हेलो पीपल गुड मॉर्निंग नमस्कार आई एम रशीद कपन वेलकमिंग यू बैक टू डी एच रेडियो इंडिया क्रैश आउट ऑफ द टी ट्वेंटी वर्ल्ड कप आफ्टर ह्यूमिलिएटिंग लॉस टू इंग्लैंड इन द सेमीफाइनल्स सो वॉट लेसन है वॉट नेक्स्ट बिल्ड अ कंप्लीटली न्यू टीम पैक्ड विद टी ट्वेंटी स्पेशलिस्ट बट विल फॉलोइंग दैट इंग्लिश मॉडल बेनिफिट इंडिया इन दिस एपिसोड वी हैव अ फ्री व्हीलिंग डिस्कशन ऑन ऑल दीज विद डेकिन स्पोर्ट्स करस्पॉन्डेंट्स संदीप मेनन सिडनी किरण एंड रोशन त्यागराजन listen in hello and welcome to the podcast with me sandeep and uh, like always we have uh, sydney and roshan with us so the world cup is finally behind us uh, sydney coming to you england worthy winners at the end yeah 100% because uh, they were the favorites coming into the world cup because after the 2015 world cup when they suffered this disastrous group stage exit they completely changed the strategy on how to play limited overs cricket so they were favorites heading into their 2019 odia world cup they won it so here also suddenly after the loss to ireland there were a lot of question marks because the medal order wasn't in great form the bowlers were in chipping in but in the end they showed that they are a champion side and come the big matches the big players will deliver and that's what happened because once you qualify then it all depends on what you do in two matches in these world cup that is semi final and the final in the semi final they completely destroyed india alex sales and butler literally buried us completely and then in the final we saw what ben stokes is capable of you know he's one of the best players in the world as a batsman or a bowler or the all-rounder he showed his value and then carried the side through so roshan earlier we were having a discussion about who is possibly the best all-rounder for england and you are uh, sort of looking at stokes as the greatest of all time maybe his numbers doesn't rank up there but still definitely up there i don't see what numbers has to do with that opinion i mean firstly it's, it's no one the closest i can think of who's come to stokes would be jack carlos that good at everything and despite the number of I me mean, there's an added format that he plays that jack carlos didn't have to play so as far as england alone is concerned both from yes but i think he ben stokes leaps and leaps and bounds ahead of him purely because of just the sheer skill the ability to handle pressure and also to come back from that world cup where he was belted for four sixes it was really bad for him and a lot of people would have bolt on the pressure but he didn't and he's made a comeback in the way he's guided them to the FIFA World Cup and now the T20 World Cup and more importantly the way he's sort of resuscitated their identity when it comes to test cricket one statement of loan stands out for me against India when they were chasing with 380 odd when he said i wish it were 500 now that is the kind of attitude that we haven't seen in test cricket maybe during the 2000s the australian the, the quote and quote second version of the invincibles possibly them but no one's ever come out and said i wish we were chasing 500 just like roshan said it's the ability to handle pressure i mean we all know in sports right at the elite level yes numbers do matter but then you know great players are defined by what they do in these great moments these special moments and that's where ben stokes really stands out you know because he delivers in all crunch situations and crunch matches he won them the 2019 odia world cup he's won them this t20 world cup then the test in the ashes are the headingly thing and another thing about stokes is apart from the 2016 heartbreak that he suffered he's also had a lot of mental issues you know he was out of the team because of indisciplinary issues and then he had his own personal problems and the english media also very unfair where they dug into his past and exposed a lot of all the acrimonious relationship that he shared with his father and he's also spoken about his mental health issues to you know handle all of that and in crunch situations to deliver and in a very very calm way he's so assured 
you know, when the situation is really, really tough, be the 2019 World Cup and so many things were happening and you, they were playing at Lords and England were almost losing, but he kept his school completely. And then in this World Cup, the Pakistan were bowling really, they were flat out, they were going after them, but he figured out that if he can calm the storm a bit, in the end, he'll be able to carry the team home. And that's what really sets Ben Stokes apart. And I see very, very few cricketers who can handle that much pressure. I think prior to him, to some extent, I felt Dhoni was exceptional in doing that, in delivering in extreme pressure situations. And after that is Stokes. What do you make of uh, Pakistan? They had a great tournament, came up short in the final, so uh, expected rain. Pakistan did what Pakistan does, that's just it. I don't think there's a there's another way of putting it, but this is probably one of the best sides they've ever had. Very, very thorough, very all-round, oddly professional. It's not something that you expect from Pakistan. They usually look like a bunch of people that is just randomly thrown in together. But this time they seem very cohesive and there was a lot of coherence in, in their attitude as well. If it wasn't, honestly, if it wasn't for that Shaheen Afridi injury on the catch, I don't think this game would have gone England's way. There were two overs left for him. It would have been definitely harder. Would Ben Stokes be able to then accelerate the way that he did? What was that, the 16th over? I don't think so. So I think that played a big role in England winning. That's not to take anything away from Pakistan and how well they fought. Save for that loss against India. And even that was a tight game. It was a very, very good game. But this is just a very, very, very good. They just keep producing bowlers over and over again. And I don't know what they do, how they do it. I don't think they manipulate their action too much. They don't have the set manuals to sort of dictate the way you should be bowling. India is slowly getting into that mold where they are allowing the likes of Bumrah to... That's a once-in-a-generation sort of talent, right? But also once-in-a-generation sort of action. So I don't think they manipulate actions too much. They let people bowl the way they want to. It's just success breeds success and that's what's happening with their bowling culture. The batting can be better. Yes, of course, they have the Azams and the, the likes who are doing very well now. But I still think they need a little more... Need to bolster their batting a bit. But as the next five years, it's going to be really good for them. It's a nice segue because Roshan mentioned about India. Mm. And uh, no discussion in cricket is complete without talking about India. You had a very bad loss in the semi-final. 10 wicket loss. You are working on a story on all this Sydney so all. What do you think went wrong for India in that match? So I think a lot of things went wrong. Firstly, I think like all many pundits have said that India are playing very archaic cricket when it comes to T20 format. Now, in the build-up to the World Cup and after what happened in Emirates last year, uh, so there was a sudden change in the way that India wanted to play T20 cricket. So there were a lot of bilateral series and you saw a lot of youngsters being blooded in like Ishan Kishan, Deepak Huda and Dutraj Gaikwad and you know Shreya Sayer and a lot of dynamic dashing young batsmen are given opportunity. This Sanju Samson for that matter. I mean he's no more youngster. But come the World Cup, India just shelved all of it and went back to the tried and tested formula of you know the Rohit Sharma, the KL Rahul and Virat Kohli and mind you like before going into the World Cup two of those batsmen are actually struggling for form Virat Kohli and KL Rahul it's another matter that Kohli was able to overturn that but then when you have your three top order batsmen you know going at about six runs and over strike rate in modern day T20 cricket it's a complete no-no you can't do that you have to go at about eight runs per over or at least nine runs per over with this kind of a strategy of you know having a lot of anchor batsmen because I think India are playing T20 in the ODI formula because in ODI you can do it because you have a lot of overs to up the run flow or maybe you have one batsman as an anchor and the others keep going after the bowling because in this current side Surya Kumar Yadav is only one person who is capable of teeing off on the word go but even now Pandya is sort of taking his time 
but Bahari Suryakumar Yadav, nobody else looks like a T20 player for me. I think in the squad needs a complete overall. You gotta get in the likes of Prithvi Shaw, you gotta get in the likes of Shubhan Gill. Maybe give Sanju Samson another try. Get in Ishan Kishan because Ishan Kishan is another guy who can go after the bowling. And there's Rishabh Pant also. I don't know why they didn't play Rishabh Pant. Rishabh Pant, in my opinion, should have opened the batting. You had a left hand, right hand combination. You could have given the impetus what the side needs. Russell, tell me to you about the same sort of query. Mm. In their batting, do you think there is something to the idea that we need to have separate test and uh, white ball sides? Maybe T20 and ODI can be sort of, you know, overlapping, but generally speaking, uh, separate sides? Yeah, I think that would work. But going back to the argument that you stated regarding bringing in a whole host of these young players, the problem with that strategy, again, and this is not something that England didn't face when they were making that transition, from being skeptical slash cautious into this space of hyper-aggression and whatnot, is India as a cricketing nation has more at stake than any other nation in the world. We have to win. So, of course, there's that pressure that comes with. But more pertinently, if you do make these massive... There was a period of time when Kohli, I don't think he went into a game without making a change. That was also frowned upon. If you go and making a 6-7 player change, that's going to be frowned upon if it doesn't work. So there's honestly, a, on some level, there's no winning for them. The selectors have to, even if they do right, if they happen to follow the final hurdle, they're going to say it was a bad team. So I don't know. It's a very weird situation, especially for us who are right now on the armchair, speaking of Indian cricket the way. I don't know if we really know what's going on, one. And two is... Should we be as dismissive of their abilities slash their performances when just because they lose? I don't think that's the right way to do it. In fact, we were discussing this a few days ago regarding a copy that was written about how it's a test squad more than it's a T20 squad. That's just unfair. That's brutally unfair. For example, if you look at Rohit Sharma, he was even considered for tests until a couple of years ago. And now we're saying, oh, he should be in test squad. There has to be some balance in the way we also view the sport. And there has to be some level of integrity and direction in the way we question these. I'm not saying don't make changes. I'm saying they can't just make changes because we think they should make changes. I think there's a little more to it. Uh, I think there has to be a little more education and knowledge when it comes to these things. And that's not something we are privy to from outside. Maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they don't. But then again, who really knows? And that's fine. I'm saying it's okay. It's only all, all of this seems so much more amplified primarily because it's Indian cricket team. Again, going back to it's worth 30,000 crores, therefore, win. Sure, it's a nice way to look at it. For example, Real Madrid was worth so much money, they didn't win sometimes. It's okay. Yes, I agree with the sentiment that we haven't won for an extended period of time. That should be stopped. Is there a one-size-fits-all answer? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to take its own time. 100% see, the thing is, I'm not asking uh, to change the ODI set. I think Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli are still very good ODI players because... They have mastered the art of ODI cricket and Kohli and Rohit Sharma some of the best ODI players. Anyway, the next year the focus is going to be only on the ODI World Cup. These two guys in is not an issue. I think if India is looking at building the side for the next T20 World Cup, which is going to happen in another 2-3 years time, you are not going to be definitely having Virat Kohli sure. and, uh, and Rohit Sharma. Sure. So, and I think what India did in 2007, you know, the seniors sort of yeah. ba- took yeah. a back step. They figured that they're not suitable for this T20 cricket. They did play the IPL. But they sort of took a step back from, you know, uh, T20 cricket and allowed Dhoni to build a, a very young team. I think that's what India needs to but do. But the difference between that, Sydney, is that the team was not entirely young and inexperienced. Yeah. I mean, they had spent some time. Firstly, there was more domestic cricket happening back then yeah. for those players. They had experienced domestic cricket before switching to yeah. the 2007 T20 World Cup, right? 
Now, okay, let's just go with this uh, hypothetical. Should they field a fully fresh, okay, not fully fresh, let's just say seven members of fresh, seven mm-hmm. people who have done really well in the T20 format. Let's just say they, like you, you block them in, you bring them in, and if then they fail, then what? No, so I'm not saying change the complete playing eleven. So obviously you got to have a semblance of balance over there. So you got to have at least or a Kohli or a Rohit Sharma to sort of handle the some of the youngsters because obviously the others like uh, say Shreyas Sire or uh, Shubman Gill have played fair amount of international cricket. So I'm sure they know how to handle a fair amount of pressure. Same goes with Prithvi Shaw. He's already scored centuries. Okay. At this yeah. at this juncture, it's very interesting. Be honest and tell me, do you trust them to win a game for you? The names that you gave me, Shreya Sagar, gap between bat-bat, most likely going to get out of a ball coming in. Yes, Prithvi Shaw, exact same problem. Shubhan Gill is the only one who looks half decent, but he has a problem with the ball going away. Now, if this, these three guys that you name, all three of them have not experienced enough and they haven't worked on their mistakes yet. Now, would you trust them to win a game at that, that order in a World Cup? See, apart from them, obviously, it also depends on the selectors because India has got a, such a huge, vast mm. amount of talent pool. In 2007, we didn't have a Syed Mushtaq Ali tournament. Now we have a Syed Mushtaq Ali tournament and also we have the Indian Premier League as well. So you have two big tournaments and obviously in Syed Mushtaq Ali, you're playing only with the domestic cricketers. In IPL, you're competing against international cricketers with the spotlight on them. So there's enough ample opportunity for selectors to go down big deep, have discussions and they can obviously sit down and have discussions with the regional selectors as well, you know. They could just dial up a Karnataka select and ask like, how is the talent pool or how is the emerging talent coming up. Same thing, do it with Tamil Nadu, do it with Saurashtra, do it with Delhi, do it with Bombay and identify what are the talents. And, uh, but don't I you think it's become more complex now than it was in 2007 because you just said that yeah, two tournaments are See, now it's, it's very complex. See, that's what England had to do also because England… They don't have such yeah. a fledgling T20 league in that perspective. Correct. Right? So, uh, they don't have a… You know, as you said, they don't have a, only now they do have the T20 Blast, okay? So they started this new methodology in ODI cricket and they just extended yeah. that format into T20 cricket, okay? And even for that matter, in the previous World Cup, even Australia pretty much won it with a test side, okay? So England are the ones who have just changed the dynamics now. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if India want to build a side with three years, I think they've got to identify a set of probables, okay? So we have about these 20 guys, we're going to throw them give them some amount of game time, play them in bilateral series, figure them out. Because if they're not going to take some gamble or take some risk, then we're going to be having the same end result yeah. in, th- in three years time. Now. No, I really think the, the bigger cause for concern is the fact that we're the only league in the world that doesn't allow its players to go outside and play. We should have been playing the BBL. Yeah. We would have had exposure to the surfaces. Yeah, we do have the new, the India 8 tours which are nice. Yeah. But it's a long format game, right? So you have four days to sort of get into and acclimatize and take your time. But when you go there and the ball's kicking up, rearing the weight was in Melbourne, right? The weight was rearing. We had no business playing on those pitches. We don't know what to do because it's rising from such an awkward length that you're not used to it. On Indian pitches, it stays mostly below your knee pad. Now, if it goes above that and from that particular angle, you don't know what to do because you're going through with your shot the way you would expect on subcontinental pitches. The ball is going to be at least a foot higher than that. Now, that's the problem. Rohit Sharma getting out of the pull, yeah. he's not because he's a bad puller of the ball. Sometimes you can't gauge the distance between, it'll be a foot, it'll be hit the same length, it'll climb a foot higher. So it's going to climb big on you, much bigger on you than in in India. So it, these are the complications that you could potentially avoid by playing leagues around the world, like the League of South Africa, the PBL, even in England, you should just go out and play. I don't think it's detrimental now because your the IPO that you cited, IPO also has a decent amount of talent. 
Syed Mustakali is you're going to probably play say for example Mega or yeah. Arunachal Pradesh. Oh, whack them. And then you're going to have scores, but are those scores going to justify your position in the Indian team? I don't think so. And that's where I completely disagree with Rahul Dravid because Rahul Dravid said that if India allows players to go play the BBL and the South Africa and the Caribbean Premier League and maybe all the other leagues, mm. that would be detrimental to test cricket here. Mm. And I think that's very incorrect on yep. the part of Rahul Dravid. Yep. Because if you look at it, the T20 Plus does not coincide with the mm. Indian domestic calendar because Indian domestic calendar kicks up only in September or October. Right. So in June, July, because Indians were playing county cricket earlier mm. and they still do. Yeah. If ahead of a series, they all go play county cricket, the test specialists at least. Mm. And also, if you look at the guys like Sanju Samson and a few of the other guys, they don't play first class cricket. They don't play Ranji Trophy at all. The same thing with Hardik Pandya. Hardik Pandya, I don't know when was the last time he played first class cricket. So there are a lot of all these guys who don't play first class cricket. So they're only playing limited overs. So India has got to identify these sort of players and grant them permission to yeah. go ahead and play in leagues abroad, especially BBL. Because that's one of the reasons why England succeeded because they have all these globe-trotting players. Exactly. The same thing happens with Australia also because these players go play in leagues all across the world. I mean, so, West Indies, for West example. Indies, right? Sorry? They're protecting IPL. No, but that's an absurd... No, no, I'm saying the IPL is a two-month period. Great, you do your IPL. But then you see, for example, you always have the carry-ons of water boys and test cricket. You go there and sit there for two months, do nothing and come back with no experience. But you're in the test squad. You're wasting that talent. You just carry these four or five guys and just go sit there. I mean, in Australia, we needed more players. That's different. But by and large, players are not getting injured. The guy you're playing with sticking, more or less sticking with the same playing eleven. Then what about the other six guys who are traveling with you, just sitting there and like, they're apparently consuming the attitude of test cricket. I don't care. It's just absurd. So I'm saying... I'd rather you, for example, if you identified a core group of, let's just say 20 people for T20s alone, right? ODI cricket, like he said, we're fairly sorted. But let's just look at T20 cricket alone. If you're saying you have 20 guys you've identified across the country through the IPL, through Shahid Mustakali and so on, get them, give them NOCs, have them travel because they're not playing test cricket anywhere. So test cricket is not going to die. I mean, in in Rahul Dravid's head, maybe, which I, I get where he's coming from. It's a very archaic way of looking at things. But test cricket is not going to die. If anything, ODI cricket might, but test cricket won't. You're not going to like damage test cricket by sending 20 people who exceptionally, for example, the likes of Surya Kumar Yadav and stuff. They're so good, but now they're going to be waiting. Until every T20I series is just going to be waiting series by series and then IPL. Series, series, IPL. That doesn't work. So, for example, take now, in December we are playing Bangladesh. We are playing a limited over series and a two-match test series. So roughly, I think the series starts on December 3rd and ends on December 26th. In these 25 days, you figure out who this one and that almost coincides with the BBL. So, identify players, give them opportunity to go play BBL. In January, you're going to have the South Africa Premier League as well. Figure out who the ones. At the end of the day, they'll become better T20 players. So, what is my role other than you know, facilitate such amazing you conversation? <laughs> and the best thing I can do is just keep quiet and let the experts yeah. do the talking. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, uh, Sydney and Dorsal sir. And that's all we have for you today. To keep you updated on all things news and views, head straight to deckeneral.com.